I like I like facts and all of that business. And now I'm getting this hunger in my television appetite for the for Nat Geo and the Animal Planet. I like I like to watch I like to watch the the uh, animal shows. There's a show that came on Animal Planet called Serengeti, and it talked about the Serengeti Plain, and it talked about it showed all the the animals of the Serengeti Plain and the wildebeest and the lions and and the elephants and the giraffes and all of that business. And Amy walks in the room and she says, "What are you watching?" So I'm watching this. And I don't know who it was. Somebody in the house said, I, I said, I was getting ready to watch a pack of lions, a pride of lions take down a zebra. Somebody said, I can't watch that. I said, oh, it's Macy. She didn't like that. I said, that's just life on the Serengeti. Amen. But I want to tell you something today. If, if, you, if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you can purposely not on purpose, purposely not on purpose, Put yourself out there as prey for the enemy. All right? The one thing that I have noticed here and, uh, and I noticed on, the, on television was this, that the lions will not attack a group of zebras. They will not attack a group of water buffalo or wildebeest. But they separate them. They'll pick out a calf, a young one. They'll pick out a, a weak one, a sick one, and they'll break it off from the, from the herd and then get it by itself. My brother-in-law was, uh, went to Africa this past year uh, with my sister-in-law. My sister-in-law goes to Africa once or twice every year or two, and uh, he never went, so there was a, their wedding anniversary, so she finally talked him into going, and he loves animals. And he, I mean, if, if, you, if I need a snake handler quick, if I can't get a hold of Brother Dennis, I get a hold of Brother Joe, Brother-in-law Joe, and he takes care of it. I appreciate you. Everybody needs a snake handler in their family or in their circle of friends. And so Uncle Joe goes on the safari, and they had received a call from one of the safari guides that the, uh, there was, in a thicket of brush, there was a, uh, I think maybe a wildebeest or a water buffalo that the, the, the lions had driven into the, the thicket of the brush. And the lions were surrounding the brush, and they were just waiting. They were waiting to make their move to attack this, this wildebeest. And so all this, the, the guides were on the phone, and they were, they, so all of these people came to watch what was going to happen and see if these lions were going to take down this wildebeest. And they sat there, Joe said they sat there for probably a half hour or 45 minutes, and the lions would never go in and attack. And the lions seemed really, you know, just kind of at a distance, and they couldn't figure out what had happened until all at once another wildebeest walked out of the brush. Now there's two. And all the guides, the African guides said, we might as well leave because the lions will not attack if there are two. I, if, when I get bored at night, okay, Amy goes to bed. Sometimes she goes to bed at 4.30. I'm telling the truth. 
I'm walking behind her, and we're coming in from work, and she says, I'll see you. And she takes a hard ride up the steps to the bedroom. And I said, okay, we're going to have leftovers tonight, Trace, for supper. Amen. And so there's these times when Amy goes to bed early, so I've got to get on YouTube. And I get on YouTube, and I'm like watching tsunamis. I'm watching... Uh, Airplane crashes. Ten of the most dangerous airports in the world to land in. Our missions team several years ago landed in the third most dangerous airport. I had never been on a landing in my whole life. Brothers and sisters, I have flown millions of miles, and I have never been on a landing like that. I thought I was going to meet Jesus right there in the mountains of Honduras. I said, oh, my Lord. I saw the land, and I didn't see the land, and the plane went back and forth. I saw houses, and the houses were getting closer, and the land was getting closer. <sighs> but we made it. And I remember getting on YouTube, and I, was, and I was looking up lion attacks on wildebeest. And if they do not separate one wildebeest from, the, from the, the herd, the lions do not attack. So I want to go to this scripture today. I want to go to this scripture today, and uh, Mitchell's going to come up here, and he's going to share something in a minute. I want to go to the scripture of Ecclesiastes chapter number 4. I'm going to Ecclesiastes chapter number 4. And at this, uh, this juncture here, and we're looking at the scripture, you and I were created for each other. Okay, in Genesis chapter 1, the Lord made man out of the dust of the ground. And he put man in the middle of the garden, the Bible says, to dress and to keep it. He put man in the middle of the garden to take care of all of the garden. The whole garden was his. He had dominion. The man had dominion over everything. You want to know why there's a Hereford? It's because through divine knowledge, that's what Adam named the Hereford. And then the Angus. And then the gray squirrel. And then somehow Adam knew about the Alney white squirrels. All right, some of you got that, some of you didn't. Anyhow, so all of this is going on, and all of this is around Adam. Adam's got all of this going, but what does the Lord say about Adam? There's just a short phrase that the Lord said about Adam. It is not good that the man be alone. I will make him a helpmeet. I will make him, it's not a helpmate, it's a helpmeet. What the, what the woman was for was to meet the needs of the man. What the man is for is to meet the needs of the woman. All right? Those of you who are or been married, you understand that women are extremely complex. Can I get a witness from the men? Extremely. You can look over and they're crying. And you say, as far as we know, nothing's wrong. As far as we know, everything is all right. And you say, baby, baby, what, what are you crying? And she says, 
I said, what's wrong? And she said, nothing. Well, what are you crying about? Three words that just blow men's heads right off their shoulders. Why are you crying? I don't know. Wow. And it is that, that point that the man knows that he needs the knowledge of God. Just like Adam had to understand this woman. So the woman and the man are help meets to each other. The woman helps the man become calmer, gentler. The man wants to go through life like a drill sergeant, hacksawing things, chopping things up, telling people where to go, what to do, when to get off the bus and when to get back on the bus. And no, don't you ever get back on the bus. You see what I'm saying? That's what men want to do. We've got that testosterone going, and we're just, we're just, ah. And women come in, and they're like, nurturing. Oh, come here. Oh let, oh, let me love on you a little bit. Oh. And, you know, and then they say, you know, and, and the man is, is mad, and he just wants to kill. He just wants to kill. And the woman says, oh, honey. Yes? Am I living in the same world that you're in? Yes, Lord. You know how it is. And so, it wasn't good for the man to be alone. God made woman for the man. And so, man and woman had each other. And the Bible says, do you got that scripture? Anybody got that scripture? The Bible says that in the cool of the evening, that the voice of God, I'm not sure how to explain the voice of God right there, the voice of God would go and walk through the garden. And as he walked through the garden, he was looking for one thing. He was looking for what? Or he was looking for who? He was looking for the man and the woman. Because not only did the man need the woman, and the woman need the man, but God needed both of them. God needed both of them for fellowship. God wanted to share in fellowship. God was concerned about them. God was, was, his eyes were on his prized creation. Yes, he spoke the trees into existence. Yes, he put the fish in the, in the sea. Yes, he put the birds in the sky. Yes, he did all of that business. But when it came right down to it, those were all created by the spoken word. But when he came to man, he handmade man. And so he took the time on each of us to make us special, to give us dominion. Man, mankind, held the title deed to the earth. The reason there's hurricanes is because we lost the title. The reason there's storms is because we lost the title. The reason there's sin is because we lost the title. When you don't have the title, you don't have ownership. You know, if you've got a car and you're going to sell a car, you have to have a title to prove you own it so you can sell the car. If you lose a title, you're going to have to get out a mortgage, second mortgage in Illinois to get a replacement title. Now, it used to be 200 bucks or something, but now it's probably like $48,000. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? It is a privilege to live in Illinois. You know that. Here we are. And so, 
You lose the title. So man lost the title deed to the earth. The reason there's disease on the earth is because we lost the title. So what did, God, what did the devil do? The devil tried to come into and, and, and break up the relationship between God, the creator, and man, the creature. And that's exactly what he did. And so here we are today, and we w- sit down and we watch. Remember the animal shows I was watching? She's like, yeah, he's watching animal shows. The guy is 50-some years old. What's your, what are you doing, Amy? Oh, I'm cleaning the kitchen. What's Tracy doing? He's watching animal shows. And here it is. There's a breakup in the relationship. There's a schism. There's a divide. And so the enemy wants to divide us. And the enemy wants to put you here and put the rest of the group here. If you look in the book of Acts, way back in the, we, we got that Ecclesiastes 4. We got it or not? Huh? Ecclesiastes 4.12. Okay. If one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. That tells me that there are strength in numbers. Okay? There's strength in numbers. When I'm in here with you today in church, all right, I was standing back there worshiping today. I think I'm just going to move everywhere. I'm just going to just drive everybody nuts. You know how paranoid you get when the teacher comes and stands right by your desk? I'm just going to come in there and stand right beside you. But guess what? When we're in here together, we can conquer any sin. Sorry, ain't no sin going to get me in here because I'm here with Brother Randall. That's right. We're arm in arm in the spirit. He's got my back. You see, one, if one prevail against him, So there's prevailing power when it's one-on-one. If he's stronger than I am, then I'll lose to him. If he's more powerful and he knows the skill of fighting better than me, you don't even have to be stronger than your opponent, but if you know how to fight. Let me run that by you one more time. You don't have to be stronger than your opponent, but if you know how to fight. If you know how to fight. Brother Danny, you guys take all those dudes in the, in the military. They're coming in there. Their eyes are big and got stars in them. And they're walking. The first thing there is they're going to get their college paid for. They're going to see the world. What else is going to happen to them? We don't tell them the bad stuff. What's all the good stuff that's going to happen? If they stay in long enough, they can retire. And they're on that bus. And they drive on to that base down there for basic training. They can be, I'm going to be a ranger, I'm going to jump out of planes, I'm going to be a paratrooper, I'm going to be in the 101st Airborne, bless God, I'm going to shoot a raghead, I shouldn't have said that. Back, back that up a little bit. Oh my Lord, there it goes. We just lost our following, didn't we? I'm going to shoot the enemy. I'm telling you, listen, brothers and sisters, in this world there are people who want to kill us. 
And these people are not of God. These people are full of evil. And guess what? If one of them's going to die, if it's going to be them die or me die, I can do a lot more for the kingdom than they're going to do if they kill me. Amen? So it's either going to be kill or be killed. That's the whole problem. We want to wrap ourselves up with the enemy and lay down with the enemy and think that everything is all right if I just pacify him and if I just coddle the devil and if I just say, oh, you're a nice devil because if I'm nice to you, you'll be nice to me. And while we're asleep, he's going to take that knife and cut your head off and you're going to be destroyed. We better stop listening to the lies of the devil and we better say, Lord, I want to know what you want to do in my life and if I've got to take a few enemies out, I'm going to take a few enemies out. Hallelujah! Woo! Hallelujah! Now, where were we? Danny. Sorry about that. And Kirsten's friend, Devin, he experienced that this next week or so, the past week. He just got on that bus, and he's smiling. He's got his duffel bag. He's got his notes from his mom. She probably put some sandwich, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the bag for him and make sure he didn't get hungry from the airport to the base. They come, they come up, and they get on the base, and suddenly, oh, man, we're on the base. I'm going to be a soldier. Hallelujah. And then they see this guy in this big, wide-billed hat standing there waiting for the bus. Well, there's the welcoming committee. Hallelujah. And the doors open up, and those new recruits are there, and they're just all excited. We're in the Army now. I'm going to be a ranger. I'm going to be blah, blah, blah. I'm going to, yeah, 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 yeah. And this old guy gets on there. He's skinny and lean and fit and trim. He may be 30. He may be 60. It doesn't matter. And he gets on there, and the first thing out of his mouth is, get off my bus. They're trying to figure out how in the world it was his bus when he wasn't even on it driving it. He was just standing out there at the driveway waiting on them, and here he commands them to get off his bus. And by the time it's all over with, they're all standing in their skivvies getting their uniforms and their, their clothes and whatever they did. And the next thing you are, you know, you got those long, beautiful locks of hair, baby, those are coming off too. You're all going to get the same haircut. And then get over there and get your shots and don't say a word. Amen. Hallelujah. Why? Because you're enlisted in the army. And it's togetherness. And you see, the devil wants to try to get us apart. But when we're together in numbers, there's power in numbers. And we're in power in numbers. But there's going to come a time here in about 15, 20, 30 minutes, you're going to walk out that door by yourself today. And you're going to be all by yourself. Now, here's the issue that we face. Some people say, well, let me ask you this. Danny, do people get hurt in the Army? What? People die in the Army in training? All right, I'm, I'm going to put the mic to your mouth. I want you to answer me, okay? Do people get hurt and die sometimes in training? Yes. Well, the ones who get hurt, do they say, I'm, I'm leaving and ain't never coming back? No, they go to the health care and get fixed and they come back. Amen. Because I know people who don't go to church or who don't get involved in church because they've been hurt. You can't stay in the medical ward all your life. Radar is not going to be opening your mail for you. Some of you caught that? 
Some of you didn't. Clinger is not going to come in there and help you. Uh-huh. How many of you ever how many of you ever had a, had a job? That's why the ties are down. There's only about seven of you had jobs. We're going to try this again. How many of you ever had a job? All right, that's a little better. How many of you ever got hurt on your job, offended on your job? People that wasn't nice to you on your job. All right, how many of you kept your job? Yeah, you know why? Because you need the money, right? You need the money. Danny asked a question this morning in the lesson, and I thought, well, that, she should have had 100%. I threw my hand up. He said, how many of you depend on money to live? Oh, my God, yeah. I'm here all the time. Yeah. How many of you? Yeah. You depend on your job. People are mean to you on your job, yet you keep going back to your job. Why? Because you have a need. Pe people... <laughs> Do you know where the church gets its people from? The mean people from your job. The mean people from Walmart. Come on now. Come on now, somebody. All of us church people are here. We came out of the same mess. We came out, some of us were bullies on the playground. Some of you threw sand in other kids' eyes just so you could have the, be the king of the playground in the sandbox. You suddenly had this revelation that if I throw sand in their eyes, they can't see to fight back. Oh, Miss Smith, Miss Smith, yeah, Johnny threw sand in my eyes. And while you're trying to go to the school nurse, Johnny's over there playing with the backhoe, the excavator in the, in the sandbox, loving life, till Miss Smith goes and gets him. She's going to go get him, but I'm telling you, he's got a little time to play because he's king of the sandbox. But the devil does the same thing. The devil throws sand in our eyes. We're in the church. We get hurt. Somebody hurt me in church. Amen. Well, pastor, you don't know. You ain't never been hurt in church. You don't know what it's like, pastor, to look at somebody and they're your mentor and they're your leader and they speak into your life and suddenly they hate your guts. You don't know what it's like, pastor, when you go to the, read the story of David and Saul. And you try to figure out, why is Saul treating me like this? Oh, yeah, we've been there. Huh? Have we been there? Yes. Yes. We've been there. We know. But guess what? I've got a bigger vision than the sandbox. I've got a bigger vision than my job because I'm in the kingdom. And listen. Little Johnny, who just threw sand in my eyes, did not die for me on the cross. Little Johnny, who just took over the playground and, and, and annihilated me and eliminated me, 
did not die for me. I am not in. I was talking to somebody this week, and we were talking about a situation, and the person said, well, maybe it's my fault. Maybe I did something. Maybe I did something. I said, let me tell you something. You're going to have to get just a little bit of an I don't care attitude. You know, when you guys send these messages out, you do the IDK, right? LOL. Lots of love. Laugh out loud. You got to be careful, right? If somebody if somebody texts you and says, you know, Tim, if one of your one of your friends texts you and says, my girlfriend just broke up with me, and you send back, it's a, it's going to be okay. LOL. You're meaning lots of love. But they don't know that. They're saying, why is Tim laughing out loud? <laughs> then they get crazy. Now watch, they get crazy, right? Because they're hurt and they've isolated themselves. Maybe Tim's after my woman. <laughs> I'm just telling you what we are on earth, you know. That's why in the scripture it says, as it is in heaven, let it be on earth. Because the Lord knows earth is messed up. And so the devil tries to isolate us. And you got to get a little bit of IDC. I don't care. And I had to go back to that person that I was encouraging with the I don't care and say, listen, I did not mean that I don't care about the soul. I don't care about the situation. But the I don't care is I don't care what they do. It's not going to affect my walk with the Lord. I don't care if they stay, if they go. I don't care if they're up, they're down. I don't care if they're right side out or inside up. I don't care about any of that. All I know is this. Jesus died for me. Jesus put his spirit in me. And guess what? I've been on this road to glory over 39 years and I'm not going to stop, slow down, or move over to the side just because somebody else has an attitude or gets hurt or does whatever. Just do whatever you want because me and Jesus, we got a good thing going. You with me so far? So what the enemy does is he isolates us. While we're all here together there's power. The devil isolates us. One of the first things Danny said today was that we believe lies. And one thing that is, is a problem is, is this. Whenever you pull back and are all by yourself, all by myself, don't want to be. Oh, yeah, man, we're going to have a Lester Love concert before it's all over with. When the devil gets you all by yourself, then he starts speaking lies to you. And there's nobody else around that you can bounce it off of and they can say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because the devil just wants to speak in your mind, speak in your mind, speak in your mind. And the devil wants to bring all of the lies to you. And then when you're by yourself, I mean, okay, so tell me in the prison system. Brother Brandon is in the prison system. He's in prison most of of the week. Amen. Brother John, Brother Randall, all right, those of you who've been in prison, 
when, when somebody, when we have a serial killer that we've arrested, Ted Bundy, when Ted Bundy went to prison, they got him off the bus, they pulled the bus in, opened all the gates, closed all the gates, got him in there, put him down there, and he said, okay, Ted, you're a serial killer, you can go ahead and go to lunch with all the other guys out there in the courtyard. Where's he going to put him? He's going to solitary. And so, in solitary, you don't have any contact with humans. They slide your food in a slot to you. You're all by yourself. It's all cold. It's all nasty. But that's where the devil wants to get you. He wants to get you in solitary and just start talking to you and tell you how bad it is, and what this person thinks about you, and what this person says about you. What's your mom or your dad's think about you? What, what's all this going on here? And there's nobody else that we can talk to. That's why the Bible says there that one can be prevailed against. Can you throw that scripture up there again, Jonathan? One can be prevailed against, but guess what two's going to do? Two can withstand him. Two can withstand him. Amen. I've got to have a buddy, Kevin. I've got to have somebody I can talk to. Man, you, I, you went through a tough time this past year. You went through a hard time. And it just so happened, I'd be praying for Kevin during the day, be going, doing my stuff, and the Lord put Kevin on my mind, and I'd be praying. And I, I walked up to, I had to go to the hardware store. And when I got to the hardware store, I came out, and guess who just pulled in? Brother Kevin. We had so many meetings up at True Value, Walt, the owner, started bringing us water out by the time we were done. Now, we don't have meetings out there now because it's too cold and the patio furniture's not out, but we sit out there on the patio furniture and just had meetings, didn't we, Kevin? Yeah. We were out there sitting, and another guy was with us, and Walt comes out, and he spins around and goes back in the store, and we're like, well, where did he go? About that time, he brought three cold ice water and said, here, you guys look thirsty. Enjoy the furniture. So we are. Thank you, Brother Walt. But, Kevin, you need a people to talk to. You need a people to bounce stuff off of. If you were there by yourself, the enemy would talk all these tricks in your ear. The enemy would talk all of these negative things into your mind. And the problem is, if you don't have anybody to share with and anybody to bounce off of, then you begin to believe what the devil's feeding you. You begin to pick up what the devil is putting down. Amen? But I'm here to tell you that if one can prevail against you, you are got to have to find a buddy. Amen? You've got to have a buddy system. The kingdom is a buddy system. It all started out that way. God looked at Adam and he said, it is not good that Adam is by himself I'm going to make him a help me and then when the man and the woman got together then God said it's now time that I'm going to fellowship with them so you go to three and a threefold cord is not quickly broken now let me read to you how it says in the New Living Translation it says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. All right? Touch your neighbor and say, you're not alone. Tell them, look in their eyes. Tell them you're not alone. Now look back at them and say, as long as, as, long as I'm sitting beside you. 
Okay? Now, now if you've got to get up and use the restroom, if I'm sitting beside you, I'm not going with you. All right? I'm just telling you that I'm not going with you. So one can be attacked and defeated. But two, watch this, stand back to back. Two, stand back to back and conquer. Here, help me, Tim. Back, back me up. Oh. Now guess what? I know what's going on here. Tim, swing your arm like the preacher. We'll have to work on that. Swing the whole way, Tim, like this. There you go. Tim knows what's going on there. You see? Now, when I move this way, you see what I'm saying? The devil can't get you like this because you got eyes in the back of your head. Come on now. You see what I'm saying? That's what the Scripture says. Two stand back to back and conquer anything. We got to have each other. Thanks, Tim. You've done well. If you want to end up in, in a lunch for a, you know what? Macy come through the room and she said, I just can't stand to watch that. They're going to attack that zebra. And I said, Yeah, they're going to attack him. Guess what? He's not going to the slaughterhouse. They're not going to put a 22 in his, between his eyes. They're not going to cut his throat, hang him upside down to drain. Sorry, this is how really this is how your steak gets to you wherever you're going to eat it. And they're, they're going to let it drain out. They're not going to quarter him and fry him up and cook him. Brother, those lions are going to eat him alive. Alive. At least it's warm. Amen. But you see, the enemy wants to destroy you. The enemy wants to take you out. And the next part says this. Three, three are even better. Three are even better. You got that? For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Danny, come help us. Tim, come help me. Come on, hurry. Oh, come on, Danny. Look at us. Look at us. I got all this. Wave your arm, Tim. Danny. Ain't nothing moving, right? And when I move, they all move. You see what I'm saying? You've got to make sure your back's covered. Your sides are covered. Everything's covered. What are you trying to tell me, Pastor? I'm trying to tell you we need each other. Thanks, guys. We need each other. And that's why we're starting life groups. Now, I told you that there was a new ministry going to be unveiled at the dinner, and we unveiled it. And... I got this idea. Lots of churches are doing life groups. But Mitchell is a, is a product of life group. So, Mitchell, get ready. I want you to come. Come on now, Mitchell. Yeah. Come on. Mitchell's a product of life group. And so, I want him to share his, I want you to share a little bit of your testimony. Can you do that? So, I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard about life groups and I've been since I've been back from Arkansas if you guys didn't know I spent some time in Arkansas some good times um, 
and I came back three months, what was it, a month, I, I stayed down there, and I, I struggled really bad, very bad with drinking still, and, um, and I just, I, I couldn't really trust anyone. Really, when I moved down there, I didn't know, I mean, anyone, I just knew of Pastor Tim, spent some time in camp with the praise team um, a, a couple months before I decided to relocate, and so I didn't know anyone, so I remember, I'll never forget the time when we went down there, I was super sick, um, and dad dropped me off, and I remember watching the vehicle leave, I went back in the room I was staying in at Pastor Tim's house, I just watched my dad go, and all I could think of, wow, I have $75 in my bank account, and here, I mean, here we go, didn't know what to expect. Um, didn't really, my thoughts at that time were not good at all. I was like, you know, I'll just come down here. He wants me to come down here. I'll spend a couple months and I'll just move back up there. So that, that didn't work because I kept telling dad, I think it's time for me to come home. Oh, you got a couple more months there. Oh, you got a couple more months there. So, um, but as time went on, I played on the praise team and still didn't know a lot of people at all. And, um, I met with a guy, I, I was trying to, get a, trying to get a decent job down there, and his name was Kevin Lance. Well, he's a manager, or a supervisor at uh, John Brown University, it's a college in Arkansas, and um, he was trying to get me on as a maintenance, maintenance technician, so I, I kind of com- came in contact with him, and he was, he was really hard, to, I don't know, just to talk to, but I then realized that it was my myself. I was really closed off from a lot of people, things I was struggling with. So as time went on, I, I communicated with Kevin, and he's like, man, you need to get into a life group. I'm like, I do not want to come around people. I don't know, first of all. Second of all, I don't really like group activity things. I'm just not interested in it. So he worked on me for a couple more months. He's like, just come and join my life group. So, because um, we all worked out together and everything like that. So I started to meet people, and these people were, I mean, they had touched my life um, because they all struggled with the same thing that I had been struggling with. And I, I wasn't at that time really ready to let go of a lot of stuff. Um, so they talked talk me through, you just, hey, you need to get to life groups, get to life groups, get to life groups. So finally I went, and the first time it was just, it was very warm. I walked in. Um, Kevin's house, and I was just like, wow, this is, this is crazy. They would greet you at the door when you came in. It was just, I mean, there was coffee. I mean, it was just a, a cool atmosphere, and they didn't put a lot of pressure on, on me or everybody to say something either. You know, sometimes when you go to group activities or group things, they're, they kind of single you out. This wasn't, it was just it was just family. They had a bonfire going out back. It was just really relaxed. And um, I won't get into a lot about life groups, but as I continued going on and on and on, I found myself finding out other people's stories. And I wasn't alone. You know, through the whole time I thought I was alone, dad had left, didn't know. I didn't have any plans for my life there, and I just didn't have anything. 
But as I went to life groups and I started getting more involved in these groups, then they switched me groups, and I met uh, one of my good friends now. His name's Griffin Brady. He's a dandy, but um, he lives right now. He's, where is he at? Idaho. So it's kind of neat how now, because of these life groups, I have friends that I can still contact, call, FaceTime, Hey man, how's it going? Um, it, it was just—it's real refreshing, and, and just to say—and it was a group that I could—I could hold myself accountable to. It was guys that—it was guys that struggled with, like I said, the same thing that I did. And um, Kevin's a 15-year—he's uh, been sober for 15 years, and I still talk to him frequently. So um, life groups is a great thing. Um, very relaxed, like I said, it's not, it's not anything. Leaders, we all know who the leaders are, well, some of us do. Don't make your group difficult, okay? Don't make your, make it flow. Just let it be your own, make it fun, make it loving, because everybody here, if I ask somebody over here to, who knows what Danny does? Who knows what Dave Glenn we don't know people like we should. We need, to commu- we need to communicate on the daily with everybody, connect as a church to be in unity with each other. So, like I said, I'm super excited about life groups. It, it did change my life. It helped me get involved in more ministries while I was in Arkansas. It helped me realize that, hey, I can actually, I can trust people. You know, I can talk to people when I'm struggling, and it's okay. Um, so, Join us in life groups. I think everyone here is in a life group, and it's going to be a good time. So we'll start in February. All right, so let's all stand. So here's when I was looking up wildebeest and water buffalo attacks, okay? And I, I preached on this a year or two ago that there was actually one that was filmed where the lions thought that they had surrounded a, a cow, water buffalo. They had surrounded this cow, water buffalo, and they were getting ready to take her out. And there was a line, there was a line of other water buffaloes that were watching this. And there was probably, I think maybe two lions, one or two lions, that's, that was it. And while the the attack was getting ready and the pounce was about to happen, all at once, that line of water buffaloes that were watching the other cow face immediate danger and death began all at once to charge the lions. And I mean, they hooked them. Hook them horns. They hooked those lions with their horns. And they defeated the lions, and that cow rejoined the herd and was able to survive another day. I said all that to say this. You know what? We all face attacks. And there's no reason for any of us to be by ourselves in an attack. There is no reason for any of us to be by ourselves in any walk and daily walk with the Lord. Because guess what? Amy and I went through a tremendous, a tremendous transition years ago. And I can take you to two couples that were in that transition 
that were right there for us. I could call either one of them at any moment in time. And guess what? They would be there to help me. They would be there to encourage me. Brother Randall, I get, I'd get a letter in the mail. It was hate mail. I get all kinds of mean letters. You do this and you can't do this and blah, 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 blah. And I'd, I'd show it to Amy. And guess what? The Bible says that women are the weaker vessels. Women can't handle a lot of stress. Men, we barely handle stress. But women, you know, it's hard. And there were times when Amy and I, oh my, we just sit down and cry. Now, can you believe that? You see me crying? I remember one day, she picked me up. It was her lunch hour. She took me on a drive. I thought we were going to get to go park, smooch a little bit. That was just one moment in time, brothers, and it was short, I guarantee. We went out in the country, and she threw the old van up in park, and tears are running down her face. And she says, what are we going to do? And I don't know if I had tears running down my face that day or not, but I'll tell you one thing. My reply to her was so comforting. I said, I don't know what we're going to do either. I said, we're just going to have to take one day at a time. One day at a time. Had four kids. They ranged from two years old to 12. But there were two couples that the Lord put in our lives that we could talk to them. That they'd say everything's going to be all right. And so they led us through. And they helped us through. So what I'm saying is this. This new ministry that's coming is going to meet every month for four months. It's going to be on a Sunday evening. It's going to be February, March, April, and May. And then we're going to take a break. And then we'll take the summer off. And then when the fall kicks in, August, September, October, November, we'll do four more months of life groups. And we'll switch all around. We won't all be in the same life. We'll be in the same life group for the spring. And then we'll switch around and be in different ones in the fall. But here's another nice thing. You know somebody that may not come to a church service because your pastor's crazy and he yells and screams. And all they do there is to speak in tongues. It doesn't make any sense. But guess what? I guarantee you, you can get them to a, a life group barbecue. I guarantee you, you can get them to a life group and just fellowship with them. And as they begin to meet somebody here at the church, listen, if they meet me, they think I'm crazy. They meet all of you. They know it's your saint. They know you guys got it together. So that's what we're going to do. Like I said, everybody, I've been praying about it. I've been putting you all in groups. I'll have that out here in a week or so. I'm going to meet with the host families. We're going to go over the details of that. And like I said, you walk in, starts at 6.30. We sit down and we have opening prayer. We greet each other. We're going to do a lesson, a little discussion for about 45 minutes. 
By 7.30, the prayer requests are done, praying for people's done. And from 7.30 to 8.30, you're fellowshipping. You're sharing. Give me Acts chapter 20.20, Brother Jonathan. Can you give me Acts chapter 20.20 before we sing this song? Because you know what? we got to have each other. Not just in church, but we got to have each other in our lives every day. You got to have the Lord in your life every day. Amen? You got to have the Lord in your life every day. Acts chapter 20, verse 20. Paul said, And how I kept back nothing that was profitable to you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. See, the early church was in houses, fellowshipping, communion, breaking of bread, Bible study, sharing. Amen. So then we're going to sing this song. It's a good old song. And it's just, we're going to just bind together. So would you join us as a family today? Would everybody let's come on up front as we close out with this? Lean on me when you're not strong And I'll be your friend And I'll help you Till I'm gone and leave.